Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of failed efforts, I transformed my marriage, parenting, business, and health in just six months by learning how to repair my nervous system and move trauma out of my body. And now I'm here to help you do the same thing. Get ready to hear inspirational stories and walk away with tangible guidance on how to design your blueprint to your breakthrough life. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Becky Oste, CEO of I Do Breakthrough. And so we got Julie here today. Hi, Julie. Hey, Bex. How you doing? So excited for the world to get a taste of who you are today. So for those of you who don't know, Julie and I go way back. I don't even know how many years now, Julie. It's been a while. <laughs> so yeah, I've definitely known you a long time. I think it was... It was soon after you were married. It was my first recollection was being at this new church in Northern Virginia and you yeah. like running over the seats. <laughs> like you're like, you like came towards me, like vibrant, full energy, like, hi, I'm Julie. And my first impression of you is like, this woman is full of life. It was, it was a good first impression and I felt loved right away. I can't wait for others to just hear a taste of your expertise and your wisdom, your experience, and what's turned into a breakthrough year for you in a lot of ways. And I just love you. I think you're an incredible soul walking around in a human body. And mm -hmm. just can you start by just giving us a background of, you know, a little bit about you, your credentials, so that I don't butcher them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know it's it's a little challenging. I am currently my my profession. I'm a, I'm a life coach. I have my my master's in human services counseling with a specialty in addictions and recovery. So that's really where my passion is is helping people through addictive behaviors because I grew up with that, and so it it just is a passion for me to see God transform people in that way. That's basically my history. I've been I've been practicing coaching since 2015. I have a, a bunch of different groups that I do with issues with codependency and addictive behaviors and sex addiction, a lot of different things. But that's that's really where my passion lies is watching the transformation happens, which I know is your thing too, because of the butterfly. And I love that. I think that's why we connect on, on so many different levels is because of, of the things that we share. So, yeah, <laughs> we go far back because, you know, I initially met Julie that first time, but then when my husband, our dynamic for those who don't know was of this codependency and addiction, this dance that continued to pick up speed and escalate. And so Julie came into my life at the perfect time when I was like, I don't even know what to call what's happening in my marriage, but I think this lingo you're using is pretty accurate and appropriate to describe what I'm experiencing and I need to learn from you. And so being in Julie's space was one of the first times I experienced the power of a safe community, a community where I could show up and if I needed to swear because I was so mad, you know, I wouldn't be, there wouldn't even be looking at me differently or, you know just judging me, it felt like I could let my hair down and say anything and everything. And all I would get in response was head nods, very, very safe space. And I, I appreciate that and learned so much from you, Julie, and needed that. And then, you know, we've 
reconnected over the years and now we get to be partners again and working together and it's been amazing to go deeper in our friendship and also deeper in our healing and see you go deeper in your own breakthroughs this year. I'd love to ask, you know, just what were the challenges that you were facing when, you know, you reached back out to me and started taking interest in I Do Breakthrough? Well, I've been in recovery, as they say, since 2005. And so uh, for a long time (laughs) and have done, you know, the 12 steps for years. And honestly, that has revolutionized my relationship with God, helped me to connect in a way that I never was able to in the past. And, and really, as we talk about you and I've talked about this and um, it, there's layers in us. There's lots of, of onion layers, like Shrek used to say, ogres are like onions, right? And every time I peel a layer, I find something that, that I need to work on more. And one of the things that I hear from my husband and from my friends is that you will never question how hard Julie works on herself. (laughs) Even my therapists say that, like, I just, I work on myself, but I think one of the things that I've recognized is I can hide behind that. I can hide behind the knowledge. I can hide behind gaining it instead of really going deep into myself and figuring out what's going on. And for years, I knew something was missing I communicated that in my groups, even like, I know there's a missing piece that I just can't access. And I had therapists tell me in the last two years, I had therapists tell me, I think you need to do some somatic work. And so I sought it out, but at the time, you know, you weren't doing your thing. And so I, I sought it out and saw somebody and it didn't (laughs) work the way that I had hoped it to. She, she told me some things that were really kind of horny. I get it, but it was like, you know, wash the dishes with your bare hands. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's not going to get to the core of what's going on. And what really kind of shook it was honestly, when my father-in-law passed, so it was, it was a combination of things. It was my birth mother passing. It was my aunt being very sick and me having to travel there in 2020 for two months and care for her and realized after my birth mother passing that I had a lot of unfinished business that I couldn't, I couldn't have dealt with when she was alive because she wasn't a healthy person. Obviously I have a birth mother, so I'm adopted. So that's another piece of my story. It's long getting into this. I'm sorry, but there's a reason. So all of that, I think those different domino effects, effects cause me to explore EMDR again, which is a trauma therapy Um, And I was able to work through a lot of my adoption stuff, a lot of the root stuff that I had absolutely no idea had been affecting my presence since my birth. I'm sorry, since before I was born, um, since in the womb. And um, even recently on a coaching call, you had talked about belonging. And um, that was something I never felt like I had ever in my life in a family. And so I always felt like Mirabel, like I, from Encanto, like I don't belong here because I don't look like anybody, you know, anyway. So all of that to say when, when everything kind of came to a head last summer, I, for the last eight years have overseen a camp kitchen up in Pennsylvania. And I was gone for two months and I realized there is something that I cannot access and I don't know what it is. And it's driving me crazy. And I had been praying about it and praying about it. And I saw your stories. And of course, it's not like we've lost touch, really. You're down the street. It's it's just 
we weren't in each other's spaces as much, you know? And so when I saw it, there was this feeling of, uh, I wonder if this is what I need. Because as an adoptee, you, and if you know any adoptees, you'll find this is, is true. It, it's pretty consistent that touch is something that is a little scary for us. And we didn't learn that nurture was something good. As a matter of fact, we shunned it. And I, I'm speaking in a collective sense because a lot of the people that I've talked to that are adopted feel that way. And so because I didn't have that, I didn't know how to get in touch with what my body needed at all. And as I was listening to your stories, what I realized was she's captured something that I have not. And if, I, if I'm going to get this last piece, I need to figure out what that is. And I was definitely very scared because there's a lot, of, there's a dynamic shift, right? Like we had a relationship that was mentor mentee for a long time and which is fine. And, but, but the, for me, I think I have always been one to, when I see a need, not only for myself, but for someone else, I seek it. And I remember our first conversation and me even telling you, this is really humbling for me. And yet at the same time, I know this is what I need. And I'm, I'm so, I think I was so encouraged that you had found it because you're very similar to me. You are also a seeker. You will, you will put everything into it to whatever you give yourself to. And because of that, you're where you're at today. And so I think that is what really brought me and helped me realize in order to restore intimacy with myself, actually, I've never had it with myself. I needed to learn the language of my body. And I had no idea what that was. Yeah. And like you said, you know, I felt it too. I was like, this is a shift. This feels like a different, you know, role reversal going on. And as if I didn't already have all the utmost respect for you and love for you in the world, I was like, the humility she's showing right now, like that just catapulted it again to a next level. And so it has been so bonding and I continue to learn from you and I've, yeah, found this missing puzzle piece that I was missing too. And it's been so exciting just to get to share it with you. Like, guess what, Julie, this is, what, this is going to help. So how long would you say you'd been dealing with all that you just shared? You said before birth. So your whole life. My whole life, but I didn't know. So with, with adoptees, it's very subconscious because it was pre-conscious that all of this happened. So my, my birth mother attempted to abort me twice in the womb. And I think um, I didn't know that until 2009 when I first met her. And when I, well, and it wasn't when I first met her, it was when I got the paperwork. So when I got the paperwork and read that, there it literally felt like, uh, and actually my husband wouldn't even let me read it. He, he, he did, but he was so freaked out initially by what he read and so afraid of how it would impact me that he wanted to protect me from it, which I completely understand. But what I said to him was, this is my story. I need to read that. And um, my social worker at the time, you have to have a social worker on these cases. That's just how it works. And so she told me to journal. She told me to journal about what I would expect. I don't know how you can prepare yourself for reading that your birth mother tried to basically kill you twice. I don't, there, there's no way to prepare for that. 
it was almost like I felt glass shatter in my brain. And I really struggled for a couple of years with a ton of anger and bitterness towards her because I had, you know, just met her. And, and she honestly wasn't the most safe person. She tried really hard, but it was really hard for me. And I remember a pivotal time when I was actually teaching in a recovery group on forgiveness at the time. And she was coming into town that day. And it, the timing was really interesting. And uh, so what ended up happening was I did look her in the eye. I did tell her that I forgave her. And it, it definitely shifted a little bit for me, but I always felt just a, a detachment. Um, and so uh, I'm trying to remember even what your question was to try to answer it now. <laughs> How long? How long has this okay. been? It's been your whole life. So, yeah, it's been my whole life. So, so that's that's the beginning piece. But it didn't come to the surface truly. I think I've been trying to access it my whole life. That's why I've been seeking, seeking to try to figure out what's wrong with me. Why don't I belong? And it not just recent. This is my whole life. Like mm. I sought it in in people. You know, I became a very very good codependent because I got my my identity from them, from others. And so never really had it within me, never had the nurturing. My mom tried. My, my mom that raised me tried. When she first got me at seven weeks old and I would be sick and she would try to, to nurture me, I would push her away. At seven weeks old, I would push her away. She couldn't even nurture me. I wouldn't let her. And part of that, now that I know what I know, was because to me, nurture wasn't safe. My birth mother, the one that was supposed to, to care for me, didn't do that. And so for seven weeks, I was passed around and I didn't know if anybody was going to love me the way that I needed to be loved. So forget it. The walls were already up and I was a seven week old. It's just, it's very telling, you know? That's fascinating. Because, so. you know, there's people, so many women that... I talk to that are like, I, at the slightest advance of affection or physical touch or intimacy, I just like tense up and I don't know why and what is wrong with me. And I feel like broken, like what, what's the deal? And it's so fascinating one that you have that information that most women don't, that like you knew what was happening to you as a seven week old and that you knew what happened even from this primal wound in the womb. Mm -hmm. And so many women, you know, it's not necessary to find out the reason why all the time. I know we talk about that a lot, right. but it's fascinating and enlightening and probably like a, oh, that makes sense for you to have a pretty obvious reason why. But I say that to say, I'm just glad you shared that because, you know, women who are listening, who can relate to that, that just like, don't touch me block. They, they don't know, you know, what may have happened or may not have happened, mm -hmm. what they received or did not receive as a little baby. And the good news is you don't need to go backwards to move forward. You can start right here and learn like, okay, what am I experiencing? What's true? And you can heal trauma without digging back in the past. But I'm glad you shared that because it can just give people, it can normalize for a lot of people. I think like we don't know there's, there's reason for everything. So you said you've always been a seeker. So what work had you done to try to fix this? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I became a counselor coach myself in order to 
learn. And even during the the master's program, I remember discovering some things that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I have an attachment problem. I mean, all of these, you know, keywords that you hear in the field. And I was like, wow, well, no wonder. I mean, I learned so much as I was going through it. And that's where the whole touch thing came up. But I, I've done a lot. So I, when I was 20 something, I couldn't have the normal, what women have pap smears. I couldn't, I couldn't have that. I wasn't able to. And so I ended up having to go see somebody to help with that before I was even married. So that was very, very humiliating for me. And even a thing that should be beautiful, quite honestly, like really understanding that part of your body was very shameful for me. And so I just even learning and in that area that what my body needed, I I had so much blockage of that. I, the 12 steps were really a breakthrough for me. Um, I hadn't seen a therapist or anything until 2005. And that's when everything kind of hit the fan. And I realized I had two small children at the time who were about three and 18 months. And I was afraid to get on the ground to play with them. I was afraid that they wouldn't love me. I just had this warped sense. And I remember thinking something is seriously wrong. I can't do this. And that's when I started seeing my therapist for the first time, when I started the 12 steps that year, worked through those. And I've been, you know, redoing those ever since. Um, So there's that, there's my master's program that I think in a lot of ways was seeking. Um, During my master's program, I saw a therapist to to work on touch, didn't really help. And that was the first time I'd heard about the, the pelvic floor stuff that I told you about. It was the first time I'd actually heard about that. And he said, if that's needed, we'll go there. Didn't end up going there. And then I kind of I guess I would say did the work on myself by reading different books, any book I could find, Body Keeps the Score was one of them, any on on just anything, addictive behaviors, whatever. And then when I when my birth mother died, I think that's when I realized there's there's that missing piece that I can't find. I have to find it. And I called my previous therapist in California and told him all the new de- developments since I'd been there in 2005, between 2005 and seven. And he was like, you, (laughs) he like listed all these different things. And it was really interesting. They were in order. He said, you need to see an EMDR therapist to deal with the stuff with your birth. You need then to do some parts work, which is basically working on the different internal family system that we have inside of us, which has, was revolutionary. And then he said, you need to see a somatic therapist. It was in that order. So and of course, you know me as the, as the good Enneagram one, I did them in that order. <laughs> so it was really interesting, but that's kind of the journey, but it's been years of learning and even professional learning. I have a degree. I mean, it's like, I have been trying to figure this out for a very long time. So I think that answers your question. <laughs> you. It's so powerful. And I know everything you brought up, I know so many people can relate to and connect with and yeah, like you said at the beginning, you're anyone who knows you knows Julie works on herself and you leave no stone unturned. And that's just who you are. You know, you literally overturned every stone you possibly could and it eventually led you here. And so thank you for being so vulnerable. 
And now Mm -hmm. getting to the shift, getting to what I've been able to witness as these victories and these breakthroughs, what's been the highlight for you in these last six months of getting to get into this somatic work? I think the highlight for me has been getting to know me has been not something that I've ever done before, not in the way that this, that the programs that you have created allow people to do. I think it's interesting because I have a before and an after to be able to see when I did EMDR the first time, well, the second time actually in 2020 to go through my adoption, my therapist kept asking me, where do you feel that in your body? And I would be like, I don't know. I I can't tell. I would say maybe my head, um, maybe my chest. I just didn't have any connection to that at all. Now, the crazy thing is I had tons of lower back pain. I had a lot of headaches. I had issues with my throat that I don't think I've even talked to you about. The I have what's called laryngopharyngeal reflux where I could I lost my voice and I couldn't sing and I mean there was so many things that were happening physically that were like hello, 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 but I just was like go to doctors, go to doctors, get a pill, you know, like that's what I did. So that was an indicator something's up, right? And then the second time through EMDR, I start. I had started your program and I'm in a session and she asked me where I'd before, actually, before she even asked me, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel it in my root. I feel, I feel, I like, I started being able to tell what was going, like there was a vibration there. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it was so crazy. And I remember just feeling elated in this session. And at the end of it, she was like, wow, that's the most in touch I've ever seen you. This stuff is working. And I was like, yes, because I had never been able to have that kind of relationship with my body. And what's interesting is because of all of the education, whatever that I've had, I used to be very critical and judgmental of new things that didn't fit my whatever, you know, um, but because of the last two years and the work that I've done, and, and even since m- my master's program, I think I've been much more open to whatever is out there. But if you would have told me that what you do in the chakra system and all of that, I would have been 10 years ago. Heck no. Are you kidding me? That's, that's, that's weird. Um, that's voodoo stuff. I don't want to have anything to do with that. But not this time around. I've been so open. And even, you know, how some people, when they first start this, they're like, hand of our heart. What are you talking about? What that's so weird or the whole self hug thing. You know, for me, I do this every night before I go to bed, I lay there, I do my meditations. I'm self hugging. I'm loving on me. I self locate every morning. Basically I lay my, I lay flat on the ground and I, what, where is everything? What, what's going on? What do I, is it cold? Is it like, I, my word for the year is notice, right? So it's just been really, really interesting how this work has caused me to become more intimately in love with me and and what I'm doing. I, I don't know. It's just been really eye-opening and heartwarming. I don't know. I can't think of the right words, but I hope that answers your question. That's awesome. And I can relate like the kind of stuff that I practice now, like you said, even today saying affirmations, I was like, I used to joke so hard at all of that stuff. It felt corny. It felt like a waste of time. It felt hippie. Mm-hmm. And I never would have guessed here I am in 2023, you know, like 
being this kind towards myself, first of all, I was always the like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, muscle through. And I did that for 10 years and I got stuff done, but I wondered why I couldn't breathe and why my anxiety Mm -hmm. was through the roof and why I was depressed and why I felt like I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. So like you said, with all of the physical signals, your body's like, beep, beep, beep. Like we're trying to tell you to slow down Mm -hmm. or focus on this area that needs to be healed. So you described that so well. So Julie, you know, last question I wanted to ask is just for somebody who resonates with what you're saying or feels stuck in the similar ways that you've expressed, who feels like she's spinning her wheels in these departments. What would you say to someone who's on the fence of just stepping into our community and joining us on this journey? Oh, well, I mean, I really don't want to, well, it's me. So I just have to do it. You'd be stupid not to is what I would, would say. I mean, that's just what I would say. Um, and it's interesting because even when I was considering this, you had recommended me call someone and because I was feeling so nervous about everything and I was in such a shame spiral at that time, but I remember talking to her and her response was, I, I would pay whatever I need to pay to be able to do something like this. It's totally changed me. And, and that was like, well, Okay, then. So I think for me, it's just been, it's been a journey that I will continue on similar to how I've done other things that have really impacted me. I continue practicing those things. I will continue doing that. I mean, like, even in the last few days, I've rewatched all of the ground back to you videos, just because I'm like, I want to keep this stuff fresh in my mind. I want and I I have already been doing gratitude every single day. I do that every day already, but being able to be reminded of, of just how important grounding ourselves is recognizing that we actually are safe in our own bodies, whether our bodies tell us we aren't, we can actually tell our bodies you're okay. You can actually work through that in the moment, which kind of blew my mind. Like I just always thought I'm spinning, I'm spinning, I'm spinning. How am I getting out of here? I need to call somebody, which there's nothing wrong with that. But getting in touch with me, knowing what I need in that moment, noticing what's going on has been like, just a game changer. I couldn't agree more. And the cool thing as you're talking, I'm just thinking this is still only just the beginning for both of us. This is still so fresh for me, for you. So if it's this powerful and it's just the beginning months of us getting into this, I really mean it when I say I can't wait to see what this year holds for you, for me, for both of us, for everyone in our community. I just love you, Julie. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share your story. And I love you. Do you have any last words before we hop off? The one thing I want to leave people with is if you feel like there's a missing piece, why not figure out if this is that piece? Because for a lot of people, it is. It is the missing piece. And um, it's not, it's not out there as readily as it needs to be. And we need to be the ones who are, you know, getting it out there once we experience it. So that's what I'll say. Thank you, Julie. And if this resonates with you, you know, you can DM me on Instagram at Rebecca Lee Oste. Ask any questions. We're here to support and help you. Thank you again, Julie. I love you. And I'll see you for our two thirty coaching call. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Bye friend. Bye. 
Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I love and appreciate you so much. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating or review to help others find the show. To learn more about working with me or joining the I Do Breakthrough community, head over to my Instagram at Rebecca Lee Aste, where you can learn all about my program in my bio. And please send me a DM with your takeaway from today. I'd be honored to connect and know what landed for you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll chat with you next week. Thank you.